1: Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Better Faster podcast. Today, Brandon and I are talking about personal finances and finances as they relate to becoming a physical therapist. So, we answer questions like Is it still worth it financially to be a PT? And when you're deciding on a school, should you pick the most prestigious one that you get into or pick an affordable one? And we talk about how and why it's important to minimize debt on the front end. And then, once you have debt, how do you get out of it? What are some systems that you might want to follow? I think there's a lot of actionable info in this episode that y'all are really going to find useful. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, preferably five stars. It's how we reach more people. It's also a great place to leave a comment or a question for a future episode. Thank you again for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed today's episode.
0: Happy Monday. Full disclosure, it's actually Super Bowl Sunday, but we still wanted to make sure we got an episode in. And today we're talking about personal finance and really debt in particular. And the reason being is because this is a topic that gets brought up almost every day in the clinic in some form or fashion. And it's super important because it often requires a lot of forethought, a lot of discipline and good decision making to put yourself in a good financial position. And it's something that that really needs to be considered well before starting college or physical therapy school because it can dictate Actually, it will dictate the trajectory of your career in some form or fashion. And because what we don't want is for you to have to work in a job or a setting that you never intend to do just because you need to make ends meet, you know, I think the majority of our listeners out there who are PTs work in an outpatient ortho setting of some sort. And it's a known fact that if that you don't make as much money in outpatient as, say, a, a sniff or home health or travel PT. Now, those settings are super important, but if it's not where you want to be and your heart isn't in it, that can make you question whether or not you got into this profession, whether or not it was right for you to get into this profession in the first place. And another reason why I want to talk about this topic is because Josh is in a unique position where he actually started a business, Caroline Performance Training, before PT school, and it is successful. It continues to grow while he's in PT school, and that puts him at a very advantageous position and gives him a lot of freedom when he graduates. So Josh, before we dive into this, how you doing and who you got in the Super Bowl tonight?
1: Oh man, uh, I don't know who I have winning the Super Bowl, but who I want to win's got to be LA, man. I'm kind of a, a a of the opinion that the Patriots have won enough. Um so pulling for I usually pull for the AFC because you know I'm from Cincinnati, I'm a Bengals fan, so I'm usually disappointed every year. But um I'm pulling for the NFC tonight. I'm I'm going Rams.
0: Man, I don't have a dog in the fight. Um I'm not. I'm not a Patriots. I'm a Panthers fan. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I I like watching Tom Brady play. I mean, you got to respect greatness. Oh, for sure. I just think there's. I think there's some people in this world like Brady, like LeBron James, who are destined for greatness, and it's Mm -hmm. hard to bet against them. I mean, you got the experts saying every year that Brady's getting old and he's done, but he keeps going to Super Bowls, and Mm -hmm. that man has got a lot of haters. But I'm gonna say Patriots by seven, coming off a two-minute drill like he always does. Mm -hmm. Speaking of haters, man, Maroon Five performing uh, at the halftime show. You a fan? You know what? I, I don't. I don't dislike
1: Room Five. I wouldn't say that I'm a huge fan, but I, you know, I, I, I'm excited to watch it. I think it'll be all right.
0: Man, people love to hate on them, and mm-hmm. uh, they they always call Adam Levine a sellout because he's on that show, The Voice. But I don't get hating on someone for making money for the family. But they got a lot of hits, man. I got Animals on my Spotify workout playlist. I got no problem doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm excited <laughs> to hit this topic as well. I think you you touched yep. on some some reasons why it's important. And, and honestly, I had a, you know, a buddy of mine that was a straight conditioning intern with me back in the day posted yesterday in a I mean, well-known like DPT, Facebook group, students group talking about like, you know, the questions, yes. Do you feel that the quantity of your students loans drastically affect the quality of your life post-graduation? And then another part was that if you could do it again with the amount of debt, um, deter you from getting your DPT? And these are some interesting questions that, you know, sometimes, sometimes are not easy to talk about. So I'm excited that we're getting into this topic today.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I do want to preface that we are not financial experts, and this is definitely best for you to consult with, with one because everyone has a unique situation. But with this being our podcast and interval, of one, actually end of two, we're talking about what's worked for us. And I'll offer you this, I don't ever want to discount anecdotal evidence because I have a personal rule that if I want to succeed with something, I'm going to seek counsel from and try to emulate someone who's already had the success that I want to have. And that's why I don't take financial advice from broke people. Mm -hmm. So I think um, like just to piggyback off what you said, um, you know, starting big picture, 30,000 foot view, and then we'll work inward. You know, the, the question that comes up a lot, very similar to what you just brought up is, Is it still worth it financially to be a PT? So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Man, that is a deep question right there. And I think uh, one of the interesting facts I think I saw uh, circulating some of those groups was that if you take, you know, again, this is very um, general, but in general, it takes roughly 10 years for a DPT to out earn or kind of uh, a PTA in terms of like their debt income ratio of acquiring each degree. And then what you made afterwards it takes 10 years before you pass up a PTA as a DPT, um, which, you know, that's kind of crazy to think about, right? 10 years for that to happen. So, uh, if you're just interested in being in this field in some capacity, you're not worried about your scope of practice or, or whatever it is. I mean, it might make sense to go the PTA route. So, um, it's definitely a tough decision for I can only speak to me um and for me it was the right call um and you know yes I'm still you know in school so I still have tuition bills every semester right now and I know those you know those are adding up but um I also know about what I'm probably going to make you know as you know you know when you're an outpatient PT in a you know in Columbia South Carolina you, you have an idea of where you're probably starting right so um even knowing that for me, it's still worth it because, you know, money is very important when it comes to, uh, to our society, right. And living and, and living a certain way. Um, but there also is finding some sense of purpose in what you're doing. And for me, that is, you know, very valuable to my own self-worth and my own growth. So for me, it's still worth it. Um, I'd like to hear, you know, maybe your opinion on that now having, you know, practiced now for, for a number of years, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Sure, yeah, and this this is something I I talk to the younger people about um, all the time. But but yes, you you know, even though reimbursement is not increased to reflect inflation, and even though tuition costs rise every year, it it is still worth it. But I think the catch is that it is more important now than ever to set yourself up in a good financial position before you even start PT school. College is even better if you can catch it that early. And you know, I'll share the sentiment with you. Just theme of this podcast, in general, just like injury prevention, the best type of injury is the one that you never sustained in the first place. The best kind of debt is the kind that you don't accumulate in the first place, and you know what I mean by that is is I think that that starts with the school that you choose and interns this ask us this all the time. You know should you pick a prestigious PT school or an affordable one? and as of today it's February 2019. I say go with the affordable one one hundred percent because no one cares where you went to school. You know employees are looking for a person that's a good human being who's good at working with people, a good worker, and then a good clinician. I'd say in that order as well, you know, clinical skills, they can always come. They can always be developed. And, you know, I've I've actually talked to young PTs with over $200,000 in debt. And I cringe when I hear that, you know, our profession is amazing. We truly have the ability to change lives for the better, but it ain't worth $200,000 of debt. So, you know, where you, where you end up in, in school matters a lot in the end. And, you know, just quick example, you know, if we do some quick math here, Let's say you say you graduate with $100,000 in debt, and it's probably more than that for a lot of our listeners. And actually, I need to pull up my calculator real quick, because um, that's why I'm a PT. Um, I'm not very <laughs> good with math. But so, assuming all right, assuming you graduated with $100,000 of debt at 7% interest, that's not unreasonable for a federal loan. So that's 100,000 times 0.07. That equals 7,000 a year. And by the way, don't forget, and that's interest. By the way, so don't forget those unsubsidized loans already start accumulating while you're in school. So $7,000 of interest divided by 365, I actually give you 366 and assume it's a leap year that comes out to $19.12. So we'll call it $20. And that's like waking up every day and taking a $20 bill and throwing it away because that's what you're paying in interest. So what if you picked a more affordable school or even worked ahead of time to pay a couple semesters out of pocket or even better work while you're in school and you got that balanced down to $75,000, $75,000, which still isn't great, but it's much better than 100000 you know, that potentially takes years off your debt. So, you know, stay with me on this one, Josh, because, you know, you're handling this better than, than most that I've met in, in my career with having your business. Would you mind talking about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, man. Well, I first want to echo exactly what you said. You know, I love the University of South Carolina. I'm fortunate that being a South Carolina resident in state tuition is you know, fairly affordable relative to a lot of other PT schools and relative to going out of state. Um, And I completely agree when it comes to, you know, the picking the school. Yes, some schools might have, um, you know, the ability to help you get you know, a, you know, maybe they have a bigger reach from a clinical, uh, clinical rotation standpoint, or, um, maybe they, you know, have faculty that have, you know, they're experts in a certain area of PT that you're really interested in. And there are, so there are pros and cons every single school, but like you said, ultimately it's about, can that school help you pass your board exams? Because that's their job. Their job Mm -hmm. first and foremost is to make sure that you pass boards. So if they have a high board pass rate, then they should be something you're considering. You know, so that's what you gotta look at. Look at their first time pass rates and their their ultimate pass rate, and that's one other thing that you know. Big shout out to the USC. Um, you know, I think it's a hundred percent of people that have graduated have passed the boards. I think only a, one or two maybe have not passed on the first time. So uh, in their entire existence, um, don't quote me on that, but I think it's it's that successful, and that's what you need to be looking for. And they, so if you've got a couple of schools you're deciding between, and they have uh, pretty they're pretty equal in that regard, go to the cheaper one, man. I agree with that, mm-hmm. but. Um, to circle back around to your question, um, I definitely think that if you can find a way to offset some of the cost during school, that's so important, right? Um, so I know that they preached to us when we started, uh, you know, the classmates above us, especially, you know, get your feet out of the school, make sure you can handle it and then start, you know, if you think you can, you know, start getting, you know, maybe a part-time job or something, um, and you know, everybody's a little bit different, but for me, you know, it, it wasn't an option already having the business. But man, I'm so thankful that I didn't have the option because I probably would have been just like everyone else maybe waited a little while see how it went picked up a job a little bit later maybe a part-time job coaching at a gym or something I can I could see that have being the route if I hadn't already had something established but man I'm so thankful that I had to grind it out it wasn't easy but like you said it does set you up a little bit better Um, not to say that I have not had to take student loans and, and accrue debt myself but you're right if you can offset your living expenses you know even then you're you're only taking out for tuition and if you you have one of those in-state schools that's a little more affordable that's a very big difference rather than you go to a prestigious private out-of-state school or it's a private school they don't have in-state out-of-state but a very higher you know expensive school out-of-state somewhere and you don't have any connections and you don't have a job and so you're taking out loans for living expenses there's a huge difference there so um, mm-hmm. I definitely think if you can work you probably should um, as far as starting a business in school that's kind, of another, uh, that's kind of another question entirely. Um, I think it, that is very individualized um, on whether you should or shouldn't or if you have the means to. I do think you've got to start creating a, a little bit of a brand, um, especially if you are going to practice in that area. Um, because if you're going to practice in the area or if you have a desire of owning a clinic or something, you want to already have a little bit of a reach. And so if you can already have established a name, uh, in some way in your area, you know, through social media or whatever it might be, then you're setting yourself up to, to be, uh, you know, maybe more successful than you would be otherwise. And when you start a clinic, potentially, if that's your goal, now you might have patients earlier than you would have otherwise, again, helping from a financial standpoint. So I think you need to be doing something when you're in school. Um, what that is, is going to be a little bit individualized.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, man. And You know, I, I, it's super impressive. We did a whole episode about the origins of CPT, but it's just continually impresses me, you know, how you've been able to grow this business and start it and keep it going while you're in PT school. I know that you work around the clock, uh, with this thing. Um, it is, it is a tall order. Um, and you know, it's, it's always want to pick your brain about what keeps you going and what motivates you. But you know, like, like you said though, it is good to work. And there's so many options these days. You know, I, when I was in PT school, I worked retail for a little bit. I worked at Ace Hardware, and then I got a job on campus, like actually in the PT department, the research lab when I was in school. But nowadays, man, you got you can think outside the box, and you have Uber. We have interns that have Etsy stores. I mean, Josh, you're gonna cringe when I say this, but even that Beachbody gimmick where you take selfies in front of the mirror copy and paste each other's Instagram posts. I mean, th- there's so many things you can do, and you know, if you if you're in school. And you have time to binge watch The Punisher on Netflix, great series. I did that this weekend. And you got time to make a little money. Yeah. And man, just five hundred extra dollars a month that's going towards those loans while you're in school. You know, those unsubsidized loans, especially. I mean, that could be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd still say, I'd still say that if you know, if you can do it, running a business is king because if you can make money while you sleep, you know, while you're in class, while you're studying. I mean, wow, you win. Um, but you know, along with that. PT school seems like seems like a long time, three to three and a half years, depending on where you go to school. But it is a blip. So you know, work hard, live poor, live with your parents if you can. I had a colleague in Oregon that bought a used Winnebago while in school and paid off her debts within a year after graduating. I mean, you get really extreme with it, but mm-hmm. you know, it's going to have to be intentional. It's not just going to happen on its own.
1: No, no, you're exactly right. I love that. I've heard you tell me that Winnebago story before, and I think that's hilarious and awesome. But it also, it it illustrates the point we're trying to make here is, you know, you have to not only try to make a little bit of money, but you can also attack it from another side of things, which we've been talking about is the expense side of things, not only from a debt from like a student loan type debt, but from also just how you're living. You have to, you know, possibly be, a little comfortable not living the way you would like. So, um, you know, not going out to eat all the time, buying food in bulk and meal prepping it. You know, uh, you know, for me, I, I'd love to buy everything from Whole Foods, but that ain't happening right now. You know, um, so you, you have to kind of figure out what's going to work within your budget, within your, you know, within your means. So if that is budgeting, that's really important. So, um, you know, there are so many different ways you can do that. You know, there's things like mint, there's things like, um, every dollar, you know, if you, if you want to have like more of an electronic means to do that, um, there, there are so many different resources out there. Uh, I encourage people to go and look into it. There's, so I know you're a big Dave Ramsey guy. There's a lot of guys out there, uh, a lot of, you know figures that have put out so much content and material on this that you can really get a lot of information from them and figure out how to structure things to come out in the best scenario that you can. Are you going to come out debt free? Well, unless, you know, you got somebody probably paying your loans or you've made a bunch of money prior to going to PT school, you're probably not going to be able to pay for all of it. You know, there's maybe, you know, a few people can. But a lot of us are taking on debt and so you know how you you know how to minimize the debt like you mentioned on the front end how to do the best you can to prepare yourself so that way you take on as little as possible man that's going to make such a difference in your quality of life long term um you might not have to live in winnebago if you do everything well on the front end
0: <laughs> that's right man and and budgeting is key that's that's basically my opinion, the definition of a budget is giving every dollar its purpose. And you know, this episode, we didn't just want to do this for PT students. Um, this is this is also for you know, a lot of you out there who have already graduated and actually don't know where to start with paying off the debt that you've accumulated. And and Josh alluded to one of them already. There's a lot of systems out there. And just like a strength and conditioning program, the program that works is the one that you actually stick with and follow mm-hmm. through. So when it comes to paying off debt, create a plan and just stick with it. There's a bunch of them out there. Two of the most popular ones are, you probably heard of them before, are Susie Orman's avalanche method. That's where you line up your interest rates, highest to lowest, and pay them off in that order. And that one actually makes the most, most mathematical sense. And then you have Dave Ramsey, who coined the snowball method, where you take the total amounts going smallest to largest, you pay them off starting with the smallest, then take that allotted amount of money, put it to the next one, and so on and so forth. And my wife and I actually chose Dave, Dave Ramsey for a few reasons. And number one is because his methods are based off Christian principles. Now, I'm not even going to pretend that I'm a role model for how Christians should live, but I am a Christian, and I try to make most of my moral, ethical, and financial decisions you know, based off biblical teachings. So, Proverbs 22:7 says that the borrower is slave to the lender, and on the contrary, Drake he says YOLO. So you see, <laughs> you see kids on the interwebs, and you'll even see your classmates doing things like buying new cars or. Taking out loans to go on vacations. You'll see memes that say things like you have a lifetime to pay off your debts, but you can only have fun while you're young. And everyone knows that the way soliciting advice works is that you ask around until you get the answer that you wanted to hear in the first place. So it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to take the take advice from God or from Drake. So speaking of, man, um, you know, you know about the Drake curse, right? Um, as he said, yeah. what seems I, for yet?
1: I saw a meme with him wearing a Rams uh, jacket. I had no idea if it was actually true, which means you know by default the Patriots will win tonight if that's the case. Um, so right. I don't know if that was a Photoshop uh, situation or not. I try to try to stay off the the social medias when uh, you know when it comes to that kind of thing. So I don't know. We'll see. But I think he's. I is yeah, real, man. Yeah, I think basically he secured Tom Brady's next Super Bowl, but.
0: There you go. Six rings. Mm-hmm. But um, no,
1: I like what you talked about with the, with the, your approach to it, man. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, I've got to kind of figure that I'm still in the process of figuring out, you know, which direction I want to mm-hmm. go with that. Um, Cause right now it's more about minimizing the debt I'm taking on versus not, you know, versus mm-hmm. paying it down. So um, you know, it's, you know, most of my money is going to, you know, you know, writing a check to the school for part of my tuition or whatever it might be versus paying towards a loan. So uh, eventually I'm going to have to make that call. And I do like the um, kind of the feeling and I guess the, the psychological component to Dave Ramsey's method. There's something to be said for when you actually finish you know, finish a job or finish a task or something is completed you can cross it off a list. And so the, being able to cross off one of your loans, um, because it, you know, even if it was small, because you finished it, you close it out, it's done. Like that's a huge boost to morale, you know, and that's mm-hmm. um, something that you you can build off. It's going to, you, know, you know, help you, to may remain diligent and to remember that you know there is you know a light at the end of the tunnel that you can pay these things off. So um, I, I kind of like that method. Um, the uh, you know mathematician to me kind of makes me want to figure out how I can pay the least amount of money possible. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I'll I'll let you know when I do finally make a decision on which route I'm going to go with that.
0: Yeah. Well. No. I mean, the psychology aspect is is huge. I mean, so. So my wife and I, we we had a lot of student loan debt. We had about $150,000 combined, and we paid it off like you know, two between two and a half to three years using Dave Ramsey's method, and, we'll, and we're still using it for you know things like retirement, our mortgage, and uh, saving for college and that kind of thing too. Um, but you know, every like you said, every time you pay off one of those small balances, you get a mental boost, a dopamine response, if you will, and it keeps you going. And if you think that sounds stupid, I mean, just think about gyms this time of year, right? Ninety percent of people break New Year's resolutions by Valentine's Day, and and that's why I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. This is the lifestyle. So the other thing, to keep in mind too, about Dave, Ram- Dave Ramsey, is his methods are simple, but we know that simple does not mean easy, and, and that's the catch. So, right. um, you know, I'm I'm a results guy, and and that's why I got to recommend uh, Ramsey. And you can get a copy of his book. It's called The Total Money Makeover. It's been around for a long time. You get a used one for five bucks. Buy it for your clinic. Buy it for your clinic library. Share it with your staff and your interns. And uh, when you, you know when you pay off your debt fast that's when you had the freedom to do all the fun things like vacations and drive nice cars. I still drive a beater, by the way, Um, in retirement. You know, that's yeah. another topic, man. I've got colleagues in their forties who have no retirement save whatsoever. I have no clue what they're going to do in their sixties and seventies. Um, right. You know, that's probably up for another episode. I mean, there's a lot of strategies for saving for retirement. I personally do a Roth 401k, but you know, that's for you and your financial advisor to discuss. But key, the, the key point, what I'm trying to get at is that if you're strapped with debt, and you're paying off the minimum on your student loan balance for 30 years, you're going to be in a bad position. And if you have the freedom to invest even just a little bit in retirement, say like in your, your late twenties or early thirties, you'll easily be a millionaire by the time you retire and keep in mind millionaire. That's defined by your net worth minus liabilities, not that you're bringing home a million dollars a year. So, mm-hmm. you know, keep those expenses low while you're in school. That's where you got to start.
1: Well, if it makes you feel any better, Brandon, I drive a beater as well. Nice little 2005 Toyota Highlander. I've uh, had since I was 16. So hopefully I'm uh, going to drive that one for as long as she'll go, as long as she'll go, man, before uh, buying a new, uh, buying another vehicle, which probably won't be new at that point either. Um, so uh, I think that, again, speaks to trying to keep your expenses low. You know, that's it, if you can do that, that's going to be very helpful for you. And, and, you know, it amazes me that people want to take out loans, you know, for, to take a trip or loans to buy a nicer car. Um, you know, when they have a perfectly you know working car at this point when they already have debt, you know? So I think it's important to make sure that you're, you're being conscious of what you're spending your money on, um, and when you're spending it. And if that comes down to, you know, being a little bit frugal and that's part of it. That's kind of what Kelsey and I are going to do. Our plan is to, to live on as little as possible, um, you know, to start and try to get those loans paid off. Two and a half years is impressive, man. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if I can compete with that. I don't know.
0: Well, um, I, bef- bef- by the way, I don't ever want to have another car payment again, but before we end this episode, uh, I just wanted to, you know, you've, you've, you've handled your finances well at a young age and you know, we don't see, I don't see that a lot amongst, um, your peers and you know my peers back even even nowadays but especially back when I was in school so what would you say whether it's a mindset thing whether it's you know role models things like that but what would you say has been the key or keys to the success you've had so far
1: well to tell you the truth I had a great mentor my father Uh, my dad owned has owned a business for a long time um you know, not since I was born, but pretty soon after I was born. Um, so being able to see what that's like and, you know, how to go about running a business and how important and how beneficial it can be to have your own business, the perks that come with that and the the benefits that come with that. Um, but also the, you know, Stress that comes with that too. Getting to see that firsthand is is huge. And my dad's one of the hardest working people I've ever seen. Um, you know that man works incredibly hard, and I know that you know, a lot of people say that about their old man. So uh, I probably sound like a broken record, but for me, that instilled something in a very young age that you know you can be really successful if you're willing to work for it, and that nothing's going to be given to you. They, I was very you know fortunate. My parents kind of made that known, like you know nothing's going to be given to you. You got to go out there and work for it. And, you know I wasn't a participant patient trophy baby thankfully um so mm. i had to uh, i had to work for everything and so i think that helps a lot and also seeing you know how to manage money and seeing my parents you know are were, were, were good about how they manage their money not that that you know they're the most rich people out there but you know they're you know seeing about how you know they're budgeting and seeing how they're monitoring their expenses and they're you know talking about what they're saving you know and that kind of thing like having that role model is huge so for me that set me up for success but then also my own personal um, kind of mindset as I go into this from a, a spending standpoint is I'm trying, I try really hard not to buy anything I don't need. Um, I would love to have a new iPhone. I still have, I think an iPhone five um, is what I'm on. And I think where well, they have like 10 or something now or X or whatever it is. Um, you know, I'd XR. love to have a new, yeah, it's cracked. You know, it, the touch screen doesn't work all the time. Battery <laughs> holds for about an hour before I have to charge it. I'd love to have a new phone, but it, you know, again, my phone works. I'd love to have a new car, but you know, Nancy's still going, you know, that's the name of my car, Nancy. She's great. Um, she's still rolling, you know? Yeah. I had to replace some parts every once in a while, but she's still going too. you know, we're renting our house. It's a very modest house of what we, you know, of what we can afford at this time. So for me, it's been more about like really making sure I'm, I'm very thoughtful in what I'm spending my money on. Um, and when I do spend my money, it's on other people. I'm, I'll spend money for on Kelsey or on my family or on somebody's birthday or for Christmas. I'll spend money on that kind of stuff. But when it comes to me and, my, and for, for things like that, I just I think it's very important to don't buy things you don't need. Um, as simple as that sounds, it's like, you know, work hard and don't buy things you don't need. You know, yeah, that's, uh, you know, if I had to give one easy little line is work hard and don't buy things you don't need. Mm-hmm.
0: That's solid advice, man, because I think, I think when you break it down, when it comes to debt, Personal finance is simple. It's pay off your debt, live within your means, save more money than you spend, but simple isn't easy, right? And um, yep. so I think, you know, for me, being disciplined is important. And I swear, man, the sport of wrestling taught me everything I need to know about life. I mean, it taught me discipline, taking ownership and responsibility for my actions, learning how to lose and then get back up and keep going the same day. And um, I think the other thing too, man, is, is just contentment. You know, I used to be a much more materialistic person than I am today. Mm-hmm. And it was something I struggled with, but you know, having my daughter completely changed that. And I'm not recommending go out there and start multiplying because talk about expensive <laughs> man, doctors, this is a daycare, but, but that grounded me. And it really put things in perspective because, you know, now everything I do, I know it's being watched my, by my daughter. And I'm just very happy with simplicity. And, um, you know, there, there's a quote by someone out there that says we, we become a prisoner of our stuff, of our things. So, you know, I, I think that part of me is, is gone. Maybe it's maturity. Um, you know, I'm saying that now, but I'm like 15 years away from midlife crisis. You're not going to see me drive a Tesla though. <laughs> need gas in an engine. I don't care how fast these things go. Um, I do like Elon Musk. Yeah, was I wasn't talking about, but yeah, man, just, I think contentment was the other thing. <laughs>
1: man, we got of uh, tangents on this one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, for real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I think uh, it's a solid episode. Again, hopefully a lot of actual content. Hope it was helpful. Um, you know, hope that all the listeners out there, all the listeners have already made good decisions and the stuff is already old hat to you. And this, this episode is coming out on Monday, so I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. And, and by now, Brady is probably getting fitted for his sixth ring. Don't edit this out with the Rams won, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to give us those follows on Instagram. That's at Better Faster Podcast. And, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Have a great week. We'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialists. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.